Hi, that was amazing. Great songs. So, such a blessing. Um, I am, uh, thank you for having me today. I am not Pastor Ryan, uh, but he's told me you're a very nice audience. Just be warned, when you marry a pastor, you can get put in this spot. So, I was warned, and here I am. But, um, I don't know about you, but I like some random fun facts, and how cool we were talking about the blood, because I have a few fun facts about the blood. So, did you guys know that the length of the capillaries in your brain is 400 miles long? 400 miles long in just our brain. And the total length of the blood vessels in our bodies, 60,000 miles long. I'm not making it up. That would circle the earth more than two times, just in our bodies. And last fun fact about our blood, your blood travels 12,000 miles per day. So if you ever say, I did nothing today, it's not true. Your blood traveled 12,000 miles. Amazing. Um, And so in the Bible, there are over 7,487 promises from God to man. Over 7,500. Some people say there's over 30,000, but the, there's actually been scholars that have documented everyone, so I'm going to be conservative. But 7,487 promises from God to man. So we're going to go to John 15 to read about several directly from Jesus. John 15, verse 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and this is noted that Jesus, these are actually Jesus' words speaking, so that's even more powerful. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned." If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my commandment, love each other. This was 
so great because today I wanted to talk about many things that I couldn't find that they would correlate, and this verse just said it all. So there's so much to be said from this passage. That is a lot. That's 17 verses, and there's, it's so depthful. So um, first he says, that really struck me, he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I don't know about you, but I would rather be pruned, not cut right? I'd rather be pruned than not cut off. Pruning a tree mitigates the risk of broken limbs and falling branches. The best time to prune a tree is, guess when? The winter months. And it's not lost on me that it's January and it's pruning season. What I also love about fruit-bearing trees is that they don't produce fruit all all year long. There are seasons of rest. That is another profound lesson. The world measures your value on productivity. Jesus was very productive, but he wasn't racing around every single second, was he? He got a lot of rest. We can get in the habit of saying, just like Vanette was saying, we're so busy, uh, or it's a busy time, or I'm busy, like that's our new name. I'm busy. And, um, but is that busyness fruitful, or is it absolutely draining? So I catch myself when I like to say I'm busy, because that, is that really what I'm trying to go for in life? Because a lot of times that's our identity, right? I'm so busy. My schedule's so busy, right? Could we be really producing more fruit in better ways? I love that God does not make apple trees produce fruit 365 days a year. He gives rest even to the trees. I want a meaningful life, a fruitful 2022. Do you? I do. Pruning creates better fruit and more of it. What is this fruit? Galatians 5.22. I was going to give about, I have like about five verses. I was going to just throw them all to Vanette, but I just was like, I'll just give her the one. But I'm going to have many references because I love God's word and it just fills such um, nourishment to my soul. So pruning creates better fruit and more of it. What is this fruit? Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, control. I also added prayer, service to others. The only way to grow this lush fruit is to remain in him and let his spirit continue to do the work he already started. And isn't that, those are good fruits, right? As this new year has begun, we can prune off things in our lives. Maybe a couple of things you might think of that you could start pruning. Things that weigh us down. Maybe cut some branches of old memories, old hurts, anger, Regrets, guilt, shame, sarcasm, bitterness, complaining, selfishness, strife, pride, lust, self-righteousness. Those are some good things to prune, right? Let the Spirit identify in you what needs to go. And um, it's always a constant pruning, right? I don't want to be the same person. I want to grow in character and faithfulness. I want to be a peaceful person. Sometimes when I want to argue, I remember the scripture, live at peace with all men, live at peace with all men, live at peace with all men, right? 
Because we like to argue, right? We like to show everyone we're right, live at peace with all men. I want people to see Jesus in me this year. I want to show mercy and not judgment. It's so easy to be judgmental, isn't it? What are they wearing? What do they look like? Why did they do this? We can be so judgmental, and I want to be merciful, show grace and mercy, not judgment. I want to fellowship with God this year and not my problems. Ooh, that's good. I want to fellowship with God this year and not my problems. We can get pretty good at fellowshipping with our problems, right? I have all these problems. Look at all my problems. You want to hear my problems? My daughter was so cute. She was playing on the internet. She wanted to tell a girl about her problems, and the girl said, I don't want to hear about your problems. (laughs) She was devastated. I said, Kai, she was honest. But we like to tell people our problems, and I want to fellowship with God more this year than with my problems. Not many people want rotten fruit to keep growing and hanging around, right? Grocery stores, they definitely don't sell a lot of fruit and a lot of rotten fruit, right? No one wants it, right? In fact, they get rid of it as quickly as possible because it spreads. Put a rotten fruit by a fresh fruit and what happens? Yep, starts to spoil. It's a new year. What needs pruning? Maybe you need to prune what you watch. Maybe what you're reading, maybe what you're listening to, maybe the people you're hanging out with. Solomon was the wisest man ever. The wisest man ever. He chose the wrong company and it ruined him and his family. All of his kingdom was divided to his servants. Be mindful of what you are feeding your entire body your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, and prune. We get 1,440 minutes per day, each of us. 1,440 minutes a day. Maybe pruning our schedules this year. Maybe you're on your phone all day, or you're glued to the TV, or the internet. Sometimes I'm plugging from our automatic routines to let God shape our time. Well, this is what I always do. I look at the internet at night. I check the daily news at night. We have this automatic routine, and sometimes it's good to just say, is this fruitful, or is this not causing the fruit I want in my life, and just prune. Our schedules can get really automatic, right? I get up, I do this, I do that. We're we're creatures of habit, but sometimes it's good to just take a step back and maybe prune a schedule. Maybe the automatic part of our schedules can be changed, I, I was finding that I was, you know, scrolling, oh, I'll go on Instagram, or I'll scroll Facebook, and it's just this mindless nonsense. It's not fruitful. Um, they had this quote from Betty White, and she said, I didn't know what Facebook was. When I learned, I said, that's just a big waste of time. And it's just cute that a different generation sees it for what it is. It's a big waste of time. But I had to prune a lot of that back because it just wasn't fruitful. And I don't want to squeeze God into my calendar. Well, God, there's this football game, and then there's this championship, and then there's that this, and I, you know, I don't want to go, God, you have this much of my time, right? So I had to kind of change my calendar, change my schedule, and say, Lord, what do you want? I'm not going to squeeze you in anymore, because it's just not, that's not good fruit for me. I want the fruit of an in-shape body. Okay, I do. But I went to a week's worth of fitness classes, and it was insane. So I don't want that fruit anymore. 
<laughs> the level of fitness needed to acquire that kind of fruit, I said, I'm, I'm okay, I'm all right. But good fruit takes time and effort, right? Good fruit takes time and effort. I heard that an avocado tree takes seven years before it starts producing good fruit. Seven years. Yeah. I was talking to a girl recently, and she humbly said, I can complain about anything. And she stopped herself. And I, I kind of was taken back, like, wow, she has such humility. Because isn't it so true we can complain about anything? The weather, you know, our spouse, our kids, the grocery store's lack of food, the gas prices. We are chronic complainers. How many of you could say I'm a chronic complainer? Yeah, I'm right there too. My kids are good complainers, and when they start complaining, I sing to them, give thanks with a grateful heart, and they hate that song now. <laughs> they go, stop. And I think we came to a church once, and it was playing, and they were like, ah. I sing it to them all the time because he, the Bible says, enter my courts with thanksgiving in your hearts, not complaints. But we are such good complainers, right? And when the girl told me, I could complain about anything, and I was like, isn't that the truth? We really can. But she stopped herself, and she said, it's all good. I'm, I'm fine. Um, and it's not to say you don't have problems. It's just not, not complaining constantly. But it, was just, it really struck me as great because she knew she could complain about anything, and I could, I'm right there too. Um, you know why we worship music is so powerful and really why we love it? It's because we're not complaining we are praising the goodness of God. Our eyes are off of ourselves. Could you imagine if Annette picks songs that were like, I'm miserable, my life's terrible. You know, it's not the same as you'll supply my needs, right? It's just, it's not, it's not. But once I heard that complaining is like worship music to Satan, the devil, I really, it changed my mouth and my mind. I don't want to worship Satan. I don't want to be griping and complaining. I don't want to praise Satan and make curse my life. So I stopped, and I stopped, and I'm like, I'm not giving Satan one foot of praise in my life. But I love that we praise God, and we get our eyes off of ourselves, and we get back on the eyes of our powerful God. There is always work to be done in us, and that is good. That is good. We are never going to achieve. We're never going to arrive. There's always things to prune. There's always work to be done in us, and I, I want to look at that as a good thing. The great Smith Wigglesworth said, I have been broken and broken and broken. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God's all about new. New mercies, new fruit, new days, new years, new festivals. New is great. We all like new gifts under the tree, right? Funny story, when my daughter was younger, she would have like bags of toys she never touched. So I was like, oh, it will give her more toys to open. Big mistake. So I wrap up some of her toys. She's so excited to open them, and she's like, you put my doll in there? You put my crayon set in there? You put my paint set in there? And she has never let me forget it. She did not think it was great. I thought it was great because I was like, yeah, you don't touch it. It's like, look, it's brand new, you know, and it was not. Don't do it. Parents, don't do it. She's never let me live it down. She even said this year, are there things in there that you've wrapped? I go, I've learned my lesson, Kylie. I'm not doing it. 
but we want new, right? We want fresh, a new car, something that's never opened. New is great. Um, that's why I think we love Christmas so much, so much too. Vegas also loves new. My friends from Iowa come here and they're like, there's nothing rich in history. Everything's new. They hate it. Um, but we have new stadiums, new hotels, new homes, you know, uh, new is usually great. New puppies, new houses, and Christmas is also about the new baby that changed humanity. So, um, but speaking of Christmas and new, one funny story, Ryan was going to buy me some makeup for Christmas, and he asked me to pick out the colors on the website. So he was going to order them online and have it shipped. So I go on the website, and it said, two free new samples with every order. So I got excited. I said, honey, if you split the order in three different orders, I won't get two samples. I'll get six. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not doing any of that. I t- I just asked you to pick the colors out. No, no, no. I'm not going through those hoops with you. So I was like, okay, I I won't be enticed by the samples. I don't want to lose sight of the gift. So I will just be grateful for the two I get. But I almost was getting greedy. Like if I split the orders, I could get six and triple. But... Um, but, and even how Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. He doesn't say old. He doesn't say stale. He gave the Israelites manna daily. And when I used to be a youth pastor, I used to say, I have fresh bread from a bakery, or I have like three-week-old bread. Uh, which one did you guys want? And we all know they're going to want the fresh. Everyone loves fresh baked croissants, breads, muffins, you would have a hard time selling something rock hard that not, you know will hit the ground like a rock, right? And even our God is into fresh. He's into new. New mercies, new days, new samples even enticed me. New gifts under the tree. New is good, right? Every day is a new day. The sun comes out. It's a new morning. Um, are we showing kindness to the world? A lot of stores have signs up right now, especially in Vegas. We are short-staffed. Please be kind to the ones who have shown up. And it makes me think, wow, maybe they really are being, you know, not treated kindly, and maybe they really feel vulnerable being out in the um, in society right now with COVID and everything. But we're short-staffed. Please be kind. Please be kind to the ones who showed up. And Mother Teresa said, let no one come to you without leaving better and happier. How would people say they leave you? Do they leave you depressed? Do they leave you criticized? Do they feel criticized? Do they feel encouraged? Are they better and happier because they've had an interaction with you? And that's hit me a lot. I want to be kinder, and I want to believe people better than when they first came to me. A great verse is, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jesus said in John 15.11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Let's be determined to enjoy our lives. Throw off the things that easily entangle us and run our race with excellence. Think about all the things that try to steal your joy. 
throughout a day. Traffic, people, driving skills, maybe they're driving really slow. I was coming today and there's like, my husband said, make sure you look at the speed, this, you know, the signs, because it changes. And so I'm trying to like monitor my speed and there's this, this cop, I'm sure they're, it's a daily thing here, but they're, they're hiding out on a secret little turn and I was so grateful that I listened because, um, you know, things can steal your joy, right? Work, family, friends, loneliness, stress, bills, health, COVID, local and national news. A lot of joy suckers, right? They still are joy. I want to abide in Christ, and he promises joy. That sounds like amazing good fruit. The world can't offer that type of fruit, can it? Jesus said in verse 4 of John 15, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Mother Teresa also said, I don't pray for success, but fruitfulness. She wanted to be fruitful with her life. We know a tree by its fruit, don't we? A good tree does not produce bad fruit. Knowing that we abide in Christ keeps pride out of our hearts. He says in verse 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing eternal, at least. Nothing eternal. No branch can bear fruit by itself. I invite Jesus into everything. So when Ryan broke his ankle, as you guys have known since he's been here, I needed to go get him a knee rover. I call it the knee rover 2000. And um, I had to go to CVS. So I have a, a debit card with my job, and it had like $600 loaded on it. So his machine was like 199 So I just... I'm like, he needs it. He has to go to the wind. He can't walk. He was using his crutches. He said, I need a scooter. So I go to CVS and a coupon, I pay full price. And on the receipt, a coupon for 35% comes printed up. And all of the cashiers gasp, like that's this great thing. And they were like, oh, you got a 35% off coupon. And I'm like, Okay, well, can I use it for my knee rover 2000? And she goes, sorry, you have to come back when the dates are printed. That's in 10 days from here. And so, of course, I'm, I get home, I give Ryan his knee rover, his, his scooter, he's able to be mobile again, and then I go back in 10 days, folks. I did it. So I, I, I get to the, the parking lot, and I prayed, God, you know I don't like paying full price. I want them to refund me. So I go, it's up to, I mean, I just gave it to the Lord. I prayed over it. It's trivial, it's dumb, but it's $70. The machine was $199. The coupon's 35% off. So I said, hey, I bought this 10 days ago. Um, is it possible... And it's embarrassing. It's a little shameful, but I'm like, it's $70. I don't care. So the guy goes, you know what? We normally don't do that, but yes, I'll do it for you. Gives me back $70 from CVS. So God is good. And I just said, God, you know I don't like paying full price. Please give me favor with these people. And they did. They gave it to me. Um, it was pretty funny. And I, I came home a winner. Yeah. And now I have this knee rover, and I don't really know what to do with it. So it's in the back of my husband's car. All right. Um, my sister-in-law, she had several miscarriages. She had lost 
hope for sure. She was vacationing in Orange County a few years ago, and we were living in L.A., so we went to their hotel room. I had my daughter with me, and my daughter's 14, and um, we, I laid hands on her womb, and I said, Kylie, let's lay hands on her stomach. And I said, Lord, you have placed the desire in my sister-in-law for a baby. You are faithful. We abide in you to supply where we can't. She just had her baby girl, Sydney, on November 21st, 2021. It was just, it was, we went to the baby shower. My husband flew there. My kids were there. It was so special because here's this woman with no faith, and I had faith like a mustard seed, just praying, going, God, you are faithful. Apart from you, we can do nothing. You need to supply where we can't. And even during the pregnancy, she tell her, her mother, don't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Like, she just had no faith. And then the baby was full-term, healthy, beautiful, and it's such a testimony of God's goodness. And it has built her faith in God because she knows that day when she was barren, no hope, I just said, God, speak life into this womb. God, you are faithful. And it's just such a testimony to my daughter because she saw the desperation, the sadness, I mean, miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And Sydney has been born, and she's healthy and beautiful. So God is so good, so good. Abide in him, he cares. He is our rock, our root system. Take everything to him um, and let him prune away. Let him prune away. Our God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. These are promises from God, and they're really a simple recipe. We sometimes make it so complex, and it's about us and our righteousness. We're not righteous. It's about his righteousness, right? When our lives got turned upside down in Los Angeles, I think Ryan's talked about it a little bit, um, I went on a long walk, and all I said was, Jesus, Jesus, our world is spinning. Our world is falling apart here. But guess what, you guys? I was in him, and I knew that he would see us through. I had peace. When the environment shakes, you can still be still. He is, we are, um, you are the vine. That's what I would say, like, you're the vine, God. I stick to you. All I can go to is you. When your life starts to go crazy, and as we all know, the world has gone crazy, it doesn't have to affect us. I still had peace. And I said, you're the vine. I'll go where you want. And guess what, you guys? It's his job to supply. His job to supply. All he says is abide in me, and I can do that, right? We can do that. It's not that hard. The soil is just as important as the seed. Don't we know that? Psalm 119 is the longest chapter of the, um, of the Bible, and I'm going to read it today. Just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But, <laughs> but 7 through 16 is really good. Psalm 119, 7 through uh, 16. I'm not going to, I'm just, most, I have a few of the verses, and then, um, But if you ever want to read it at your own time, but it says, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man or woman keep their way pure? 
by living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And I love that. I will not, I, I will not neglect your word. Hosea 10, verse 12. This one was really powerful. Hosea 10, verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. And I love that a lot of our songs today were about righteousness. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. They were told to plow the ground of their neglected and hardened hearts to sow better seeds of a holy life Seek the Lord diligently and reap righteousness and God's unfailing love. And I love that in Psalm 119, it said, I will not neglect your word. And we know what neglect, um, what happens when we neglect things, right? Um, we know also very well what hardened soil looks like and what that produces. Uh, we have seen, have you guys seen neglected front and backyards? I know I have, right? And look at the difference of Nevada terrain versus an Amazon jungle. The soil is just as important as the seed, right? What is growing in our hearts today? Is it a lot of bitterness? Is it a lot of joy? Is it a lot of goodness? Is it righteousness? Is it neglect? Are there things we could say, I've neglected that in my life, right? I've neglected my prayer life. I only care about myself, I'm neglecting these parts. It's important to stay tender and to not get hardened heart. God's so big about our heart, isn't he? Man looks at the outward appearance, but where does God look? At the heart. I've seen lots of people act, oh, yes, bless you, brother, yes, and they act like they're this great Christian, but their hearts are so far from the Lord. And I, I want to stay tender and soft and not live for man's approval. Sometimes it's in the dark places where things are transformed and they grow. Speaking of a baby, the womb, dark place for the baby to grow, right? A seed in the dirt, old-fashioned film. Young people won't know, but we used to have cameras, and there's the film, and if it exposed to the light, your photos would be ruined. So they'd, they'd have to develop them where? In the dark. Lots of things grow in the dark, And in fact, I love this verse from the Bible. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Love it. The secret place of the Most High. The foliage grows the thickest and the richest where the sun can't scorch it and the earth retains its moisture. A little off topic, but it's not lost on me that Jesus' first miracle was what? Water into wine. He is called the water of life. Without water, nothing grows. And we know this more than anybody as we live in Nevada, right? Water is mentioned 722 times in the Bible. We all know water is vital. And um, I'd read a story about like a young person passing away without water. Like, our bodies cannot survive without water. And it makes an enormous difference on everything. 
When we lived in Los Angeles, we lived three miles from the Pacific Ocean. And let me tell you, it's amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. The, the clouds coming off the ocean, the dew on all of the plants, your skin feels great, you're breathing better. It was phenomenal. I came home to Nevada saying, we're going to put humidifiers in every room. We're going to keep the shower running. I wanted to recreate the ocean because it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. But I'm sure you've read, maybe you haven't, but um, poor Los Angeles. They had dumped 17 million gallons of raw sewage into the ocean, and then they had their oil leaks and they said, well, it's not that bad. In 2000, we had dumped 30 million gallons of raw sewage, so it's not that bad. <laughs> so I, um, I make a joke, like, what are you swimming in, tar or raw sewage? So the ocean is beautiful, but when people don't know what's gone into it, I, I try to tell them, you know, be careful. And now, of course, the tsunami. But anyways, the ocean is very lovely to live near because it's so moist and so, so refreshing, regardless of all that crazy stuff. When we feel dry and unfruitful, less of God, uh, less joyful, we probably haven't been at the living well. This is the first place I go back. I go back to the well. I get refreshed because he promised his joy. So I wash off the world. I get rinsed in him. John fifteen three said, I love that John, John 15, 3, he said, Jesus' own words, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken. And I thought, how cool is that? It's kind of, he threw that in there. We sometimes feel dirty, right? I messed up again. I have an anger problem. I'm still gossiping. You know, whatever it is, I'm like, I'm undisciplined. I didn't read, you know, whatever we say. But he says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Love it. So I just get rinsed, get rinsed in God, right? I just get, when I feel dry, unfruitful, less of the Lord, you know, becoming kind of rusty, I just get rinsed in God. Amen? Um, Lisa Bevere wrote, The battle is not against who you have been. It's an all-out war against who you are becoming. And I thought, that's so good. God, Satan doesn't care what you've been. He doesn't want you to become. He wants to stop the fruit, stop the maturity, stop the growth, right? Um, get you to think it doesn't matter. The battle is not against who we have been. It's an all-out war against who we are becoming. The enemy wants to keep us from growing and maturing in the Lord. Stuck. Do you ever feel stuck? Yeah, but I'm thinking not this year. I'm not going to get stuck this year. I'm not going to go down wrong thinking, wrong patterns. So a man thinks, so his life is, right? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I go, I'm not going back that way. And how many of us can say, yeah, I can make changes this year? I know I can. Prune away, Lord, right? Read uh, John 15 is a recipe for success, and it pr the promise is directly from Jesus, directly. So let's pray. Lord, we don't want sour fruits. I don't want sour fruit growing on my life anymore, God. I want love. I want more joy. I want more peace. I want kindness. I want to be good to all. 
I want patience. I want to forgive easily. I want to keep no records of wrongs. I want to be gentle in my speech, gentle in my actions. I want self-control in my life. I want your fruits, Lord, less of my fruit and more of yours because yours is eternal and lasting and it multiplies and it blesses others and it blesses you. You are the vine and we are the branches. You are the key nutrients to a successful, productive, and fruitful life. Let the world see in us you this year. God, be glorified through our lives and give us all that we need in 2022 to be fruitful. Prune away, Lord. We submit our lives to you. So I want to end with a song. I absolutely love it. In fact, when Ryan was going to speak this week, I had texted him, have Vinette play this song. And who knew I would be playing this song? But um, it reminds me that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. You can go to him about anything. When your life starts to spin, when the world makes no sense, he stays still. He remains, right? And he really, really, really does love us. He will finish the great work he started. He is the vine and we are the branches. So as this song is playing, maybe just close your eyes. You can look at the words. But it's just so powerful and it's such an encouragement because the song's called He Really Loves Us. And um, it just hit me like a ton of bricks this week because I'm so grateful to be found in him. And I'm so grateful to be here with you and fellowship with other believers that love the Lord. And do we're all, we are all a work in progress, and there's more pruning to be done. So when you feel uncomfortable and you feel, um, you know, challenged, just say, prune me, Lord, prune me. And um, it's so funny with my children, I would say sometimes, Lord, give me patience. God, give me patience. And now my kids will say, God, give me patience. So it's like they learn that God is what we need when we, when we lack, right? All right. Thanks so much. Yeah, let's hear this song. It's so awesome. Let it encourage you. I've got a friend Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend and he is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley With me in the fire With me in the storm Let all my life Testify Sufficient 
No more 